Hello and welcome to the Delivery Manager Daily, a podcast by a delivery manager talking about delivering agile projects with the best practice tips and tricks, examples and guides to help you as a delivery manager learn from my mistakes. This is season three of the Delivery Manager Daily with focus on sustainability and digital excellence. Get in touch via X, subscribe to the newsletter, read the blog, mariosblog.co.uk and get involved in the conversation. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Delivery Manager Daily. I'm your host, Mario De Cristofano, and we are on episode 47. And I did want to talk about um, people doing interviews and where they may or may not be going wrong. And I wanted to share some questions that I often ask when I'm interviewing for delivery management folk or technical people. And I've given some uh, example answers that I'm pretty passionate are. Uh, really nicely articulated and I put them on the blog mariosblog.co.uk but I wanted to talk through them Um, and just some caveats to this is that you can't spout this in an interview as a cheat sheet because this isn't you these are my answers but what I wanted to do was talk through how you may want to consider answering some fairly common questions and I'm just going to run through them um I talk to people who I think fail interviews because they have a fundamental inability to communicate and I think that alongside and we can get to technical understanding but if you can't talk about the thing that you're doing I think that's a problem so I think there's about 12 questions maybe a little less but we'll we'll go through them and see if any of these resonate with you. So what does Agile mean to you? Well, for me, Agile is both a historic approach to rapid software development, a behavioural mindset which takes from lean manufacturing, which is a thing in its own right, and applies a set of principles and guardrails to help engineering teams and organisations deliver technical solutions and technical change efficiently. For me, Agile sometimes loses its potential impact as it gets constantly diluted and repackaged to be this silver bullet. Agile should often be used sympathetically and with context and not just for the sake of doing it. And for me, that's a really good answer to what Agile is in terms of an encompassing answer. Often I find people will answer and be specific around practical elements of a, of a framework like Scrum. So they'll talk about Kanban, they'll talk about story points, they'll talk about estimates and ceremonies. But that's not what Agile is. Uh, others will go on to the more behavioural coaching element of it. And that's not what Agile is. Agile is a broader thing representative of those two things that I've just mentioned there in the answer it's both kind of a historic approach uh, to software development and then it's also um, a set of guiding principles the manifesto and guardrails that you can apply and pick from like a buffet dependent on the need of the organization and the team so I think when you get asked that question what does agile mean to you and obviously might mean something different to you and that's not necessarily incorrect but I do think as an agileist, if you're a delivery manager and you're into agile, maybe you want to think about how you answer that. So the next question, if you were asked to explain the concept of DevOps, what would you say? So DevOps and its iterations and variations cover both the behavioural mindset and culture, along with technical best practice in software engineering. Both fundamentally help to fix the challenge of technical services and product being developed in a silo by technical teams and then passed to the operational side of the business to support and run. 
Taking from Lean Manufacturing and the Agile Manifesto, implementing DevOps can help organizations engineer better solutions which scale. The technical side of DevOps covers the notion of implementing a development environment which allows engineering teams to contribute to a software product using branch-based development. Everyone contributes to a master branch using merge and version control tooling and thus allowing for continuous integration and continuous delivery with CI/CD being a core component of air quotes DevOps. So again, another example of how I choose to answer that question because DevOps represents for me two very different things. In fact, if you go on to uh, mdtechnologyservices.org, uh, there's a video where I talked about DevOps, uh, a Leeds digital festival. And it's really important that you capture both DevOps from a cultural and behavioral perspective within software engineering teams, but also the technical side too, which is very important part of the kind of software delivery lifecycle. So next question then, how do you sell the notion of Agile to those who are resistant. Uh, it's not difficult to understand why people are resistant to Agile in my mind. Constantly being pushed as a catch-all solution for pretty much every organisational problem, Agile is just another tool in the box to apply in bite-sized chunks where, an, where it's appropriate and where it's needed. I've talked about being able to pick from a buffet, so you need to know Agile well enough to be able to do that. I wouldn't personally sell Agile. I would sell the notion of fleshing out an, a problem that can be understood and then understand why that problem exists and what, what its impact is and then apply a range of analysis and thought processes to kind of prototype a potential solution which may or may not include agile best practices or techniques. I would do and be agile rather than sell it. So that's my answer to the question of how do you sell agile. You, you don't. There isn't an answer that um, that I know consultancy firms can often use. Um, your consultancy firms may vary. Um, but there's this option of, um, you know, going into an organisation and almost being in a position where you're like, well, Agile's the answer, so what's the, what's the problem? And it's just not like that. So think about how you apply Agile and demonstrate your expertise, being able to pick from it and just apply the right amount at the right time to solve the right problem. How do you manage risk on a project? So outside of the classic iron triangle of project variables, time, cost and scope, which may or may not have the potential to be flexed, an approach to risk management and one I take is one of full understanding of the big picture view of the project. What's the value of what we're doing and what it, the project's, trying to achieve? Multi-direction dependencies should be identified and tracked as early as possible. Uh, key areas of complexity should be communicated and talked through to the right people and get the right people involved in solving those problems as early as possible. So in effect, not avoiding those big scary dragons down the timeline. Risk should be quantified in terms of impact to quality and that iron triangle components that we we talk you know the iron triangle and then prioritized accordingly not only in terms of impact but in terms of likelihood the reason i think that answer to how you manage risk is important is you need to demonstrate a formal understanding of classic business project management so mentioning the iron triangle and showing a demonstration and understanding of time cost and scope and you've heard the sort of adage of you can have it uh, you can have it low quality but you can have it that'll be fast you can have it high quality, but it'll be slow and expensive, etc., etc. So think about how you answer that and how you demonstrate fundamental understanding of project components, but also the more human element to risk management.
You may not know, but outside of my corporate work as a delivery manager, I run a small tech company called Creative Pixel. It's here I build websites and applications, integration services, and AI solutions for small and medium-sized companies. I also help coach and advise on digital marketing and social media for individuals and build individual websites also. So maybe if you're wanting to start a technology-focused side hustle in 2023, get in touch. So next question, how do you know what framework to use on any given project? I regularly hear uh, people in interviews, they'll lock onto one thing, usually something to do with Scrum, and they'll miscommunicate an element of Agile or an element of Scrum as a framework in its own right, like, I don't know, and it's all loose and nuanced, isn't it? So like they'll mention Kanban or um, or I might use I might use uh, story points or I might use sprints and it's like, well, sprints are just a component of Scrum. So what, what are you saying there? So for me, understanding the project and the teams are key. So for software engineering, where a single product and a single team are involved, Scrum can often work well. For the same scenario, but where multiple projects or teams are involved, beyond nine or so, you might want to consider Nexus, which scales Scrum, but stays within the broad simplicity of it. For large-scale teams dealing with multiple products and multiple product and service owners, which need to be released at different times, with a heavy scaling requirement, you'd probably look at something like SAFE. For change and transformation projects, leveraging clear visualization techniques such as Kanban can often help drive progress and implement agile behavior um, and do, do so in any self-organizing team that helps general pace. So I'd apply bits of that agile again, that analogy of a buffet and being able to pick from it. There are other frameworks and methodologies as well, especially for software projects, but broadly they're my go-tos. So if you've got a scaling situation with multiple products, multiple service owners that need to be delivered across a fairly short period of time simultaneously or in, in bits, you know, you're looking at the complex end of safe. But broadly, I find Scrum works for a lot of software projects. And if you scale beyond sort of eight or nine teams, you can adopt Nexus, which is this exoskeleton that sits onto Scrum and allows you to scale it a bit talk about nexus in the podcast quite a few episodes ago but also on the blog so just search nexus on mariosblog.co.uk and you'll get a bit of insight into what that is if you don't know name a time where you've had to manage a difficult client where the project's not in a good state so for me you've got to very quickly synthesize and understand what the problem is quantify it make sure that that is accurate and then articulate it in an understandable manner to people who can help so clear communication is really key when it comes to managing stakeholders, and that includes, you know, when things are going wrong. Where client stakeholders are difficult, I try and understand what the motives are first and then help them, I guess, to make their life a little bit easier, which hopefully builds a bit of trust and a path forwards. Understanding people's motives are key and it's often just skipped over or missed or not thought about um, because where there's people, there's politics, right? So I'm trying to be a more empathetic tech leader. So I always think about putting myself in their shoes first and use that approach as often as I possibly can um, and giving people time to express their opinions important too. There's often motive. I'm going to keep coming back to that word. Good project leaders and good tech leaders know how to kind of temper that. And then often the laser focus, you need to actually move things forward to completion because people become resistant to getting stuff over the line. How many times have you been on a project and you've built up momentum and then when it comes to the last sprint, it drags on and you miss stuff because people take their foot off the gas. So there's a there's a balance between that. If answering to that stakeholder 
and the project's not in a good place and that difficult stakeholder is the boss in effect. I always present a solution to the problem, an action plan, demonstrate why that will probably help. That can help pacify and build confidence too, especially, you know, getting stuff happening. So not just the sky's falling down type of thing, really thinking about, right, well, this is what we're going to do about it. And I think that clear communication is really important and avoiding under communication because you want to avoid it, um, which is often what many, many people do. What project collateral and assets would you use when managing a project? People often don't understand this question. I, I think, I'm not sure if it's, are, are you, you know, collateral is a thing, right? A physical thing, uh, a spreadsheet, a document, a PowerPoint template, that kind of thing. That's what I'm asking here when I ask this question. What project collateral and assets would you use when managing a project? So for me, you know, and going along with the Agile, sufficient and necessary is my general approach. For projects which are uh, heavy kind of governance and safety guardrails, a well-crafted RAID, including decisions, a RAID log should be a central component of any project library. Along with an understandable plan on a page, a vis visualisation of a roadmap with key features, events and milestones, and then frequent but lighter weekly reporting in the form of like a red, amber, green, a rag status page, allowing you to communicate key project messages to busy executive teams without burying them in the detail. On the Gov UK uh, website, in the same place in the last episode where I mentioned the DDAT roles, there's also kind of how to run a digital transformation project. And in it, it covers this notion of RAG reporting, which I've taken over the years and changed and, and I think made right for me and my projects. And it's a conversation in its own right, but it's this way of being able to communicate to executive boards and giving them a visual representation of what's happening and what they need to focus on so stuff doesn't get lost. So for me, demonstrating that you understand those core components of project assets is important. With respect to Scrum Team performance, leveraging internal kind of dashboarding capability from software tools like Jira and Azure DevOps to present things like velocity and burn down and augment that with a narrative. So you've got a bit of empiricism, a bit of data to show uh, sprint performance, but also there's always a story around it. And being a delivery manager is telling a story a lot of the time. If you want to get down in the deep technical, Dora metrics from DevOps tools allows you to kind of check engineering performance, code completion, um, successful check-ins. There's five or six Dora metrics I think I've talked about in another uh, post. Um, and packaging that all up in a library of documents on a tool like Confluence or SharePoint, that ensures you can get the right information uh, to the right people at the right time. So broadly, when you ask the question about project assets and collateral, think about those physical things that you'd set up. What's the difference between Agile and Lean? They're independent in their own right. Lean comes from manufacturing back in post-war Japan. The notion of understanding value streams and efficiency through waste minimization was key in heavy manufacturing settings. And some of this mindset and practical applications of various events, Kaizen, can be applied to modern day organizational change management. Coupled with elements of Agile, you can potentially deploy a really strong set of tools and a way of working to help teams navigate change. Whether that's implementation of Kanban, using Catchball for top-down consensus, five whys, various other information gathering and problem-solving techniques, now weaponized often by management consultancy firms. Lean implementation can be a good way of getting shit done. Lean practices dovetail hugely heavily into the business analysis area of a team and should be implemented with that in mind and it crosses over into Agile. So the difference is broadly lean, its background and history started with waste management and efficiency, minimising waste. 
at a practical level as well as an organizational and process level and we've taken that and moved it into process design what does the software development life cycle consist of i asked this question recently and um and i've asked it a few times and people surprisingly just don't understand or or aren't able to articulate it fundamentally it covers ideation and prototyping design and build testing and subsequent deployment and then the running of the platform product or service bill automation of all those steps is a core component across the life cycle the actual components i think are a set of six which are discovery design development testing and qa release and maintenance within each stage there's various and sometimes really complex subsets so ideation would rely on information gathering user research for example prototyping could include elements such as lean mvp design and build encompasses software engineering cloud technical architecture and cybersecurity with testing and running involving automation, DevOps, IC to security, etc. And these are all things in their own right. But that's broadly the software delivery lifecycle. And I think it's really important that you're able to articulate that. And then the last one that I often ask to get a flavour of people's technical chops is what considerations are there for a cloud project? I was recently talking to someone and, and got them to run through a scenario where I asked them to build me a, a mobile app. And rightly or wrongly, they went straight to the thought of a native application running on iOS or Android, but didn't really consider the fundamental design and infrastructural sort of process. For cloud projects, project teams and organizations should consider a number of key elements then. The migration to the cloud platform itself, data storage and management, and the subsequent costs where cloud changes the expense model from CapEx to OpEx. So thinking about things like observability. So due to that notion of observability and monitoring um that's a key component of a consideration you know uh, other things to consider include cloud security information management cloud architecture that will directly impact elements such as scalability and cost the environmental impacts to cloud compute workloads should also be considered leveraging containerization and as you need them workload deployment using things like microsoft sustainability apis rather than services being always on it's better for the planet and better for the company's bottom line so hopefully uh, they were useful and we whizzed through them but go onto the blog read the blog post because i've articulated pretty much what i've said in fact i've read from the blog post really think about as a delivery manager if you're looking for interviews in the last part of 2023 or uh, the start of 2024 really think about what you know and what you're an expert in talk and focus on those things and for broad things like agile and devops and those terms make sure you truly understand them go out of your way and make sure that you understand the full breadth of the subject rather than focusing on the key kind of areas that are often you know we focus on one or two so for devops we could just focus on software engineering but actually it's a it's a behavioral and cultural thing too the same with agile so just think and my recommendation would be to make sure that you're really clear on those things in your next interview hopefully that's been useful if you've got any other questions that you think i've missed or or you've got your own or you disagree with anything that i've said crikey uh, get in touch with me on X at Mario DC, uh, hashtag Delivery Manager Daily, all over the internet, and you'll find me. And uh, look forward to doing the uh, next podcast episode where we've got another guest. But for now, have a great day. Thanks for listening. This episode sponsored by ND Technology Services for IT consultancy and digital delivery projects and Creative Pixel. If you want an affordable bespoke website which won't break the bank, get in touch. CreativePixel.me.uk forward slash DM Daily for a 10% discount on all websites.